I'm Daniel Frey and this is the Daniel Frey.me Talks, a podcast for anyone who wants to become or is already a developer. If you like to stay up to date with different technologies, learn from experts in the field and help you improve your career further, then this podcast is for you. I also invite you to follow us on DanielFrey.me. So let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back yet to another episode. So today with me, I have Gilad. Gilad, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. First, it's great to be here. Thank you, Daniel, for inviting me to this great uh, podcast. My name is Gilad. I'm uh, 35 years old, father for three kids, married to Sivan. Um, and uh, I'm working a bit in the past six and half year, almost um, leading the development, mostly the CLI tool, the open source tool uh, of BIT. Uh, you can go ahead and visit it. Daniel will put the links later on. Nice to meet you, Gilad. Um, and of course, uh, how we got in contact, uh, it was by Jonathan, the creator or co-founder of BIT. Uh, it was really great that he suggested you to be uh, one of the people that I could talk to about BIT. Uh, so, you know, let's get started. Um, so I'm really curious, first of all, you've been doing this whole, uh, you know, programming, uh, the, your whole journey in software engineering for many, many years. Uh, I think if we put it down to years, how many years would you say already? So I started my career in 2006 uh, in the army. Uh, in the IDF, I've been a developer in the IDF, then also a team leader, an officer, and even eventually in the CTO department of uh, uh, in the IDF. So that's about like, I don't know, 17 Almost years. Almost two decades. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you have many, many years of experience. Did you ever see yourself joining, um, you know, such company um, like BIT? Uh, when you just started. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about what is BIT. And then I'm curious to know the answer to that question. Sure. So let's start with a very, very high level. Uh, uh, what is BIT? And then we will go down uh, more in more details uh, later on. So I can go back to your question. Uh, so BIT is a platform for component-driven development. It helps you create new components, manage your components, share your components, search, render, uh, and do the entire life cycle. It basically um, changed the way you build your software uh, or your product, because it's not only about software, we will get uh, to it later. Um, so this is, uh, and, and BIT is composed of two major Parts, let's say one of them. Let me turn this. One of them is the uh, is the CLI tool. Uh, CLI tool is an open source tool uh, with many many stars, like I think more than sixteen thousand uh, stars already. Um, and this is completely open source. And the other part is the cloud. So it's a bit similar to the model of Git and GitHub. Uh, where you have like the Git CLI and the GitHub for the cloud uh, hosting, uh, and we are doing the the same architecture. So back to your question, um, I always loved to work on Dev Tools. It was always part of my uh, my passion, my uh, willing to work on Dev Tools, uh, and I'm got lucky to to do this now full time in an open source in a small startup which is for me, great, great experience. Nice. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about this whole, uh, you know, bit architecture trying to, uh, are you trying to change what Git is and GitHub, like the whole methodology? Is that is that what you're basically, the, the business is trying to challenge? Yes, yes. So it's not like we are telling you to, uh, to abandon Git or something like this or, competing with Git and telling you it's either Bit or Git. So first it's important to understand that we uh, we are working in collaboration with, with other tools like Git and you can work and many, many, and even right now most of the customers are working with Bit and Git together. Even ourselves in the company in some projects work with Git uh, and, and in some projects without Git. Eventually we are not 
really competing with Git, but a little bit competing with the approach behind Git, which is like we're a bit competing with the repository approach because we believe in, um, in distribution and separation uh, to make stuff more distributed. And when you think about it, by the way, Git started on a similar, um, with a similar motion about distribution and distributed development. But the distribution in Git, it's a bit different than what distribution in Git means. So eventually, if you're thinking about a repository, a repository is a very centralic or monolithic stuff, whether it's an application or an, a repo for, I don't know, for design system, it's still one place where you put everything inside. And with Bit, we believe that the components should be on the highlights, and then the application and the other stuff are just a composition of these uh, building blocks. So we believe you should be able to build this building block uh, separately, individually, and you should version control them separately and not as a one giant application or package or something like this. I see. So basically you're saying right now uh, we, we have this Git approach where, where everything is like you have a big app, everything is living there. Uh, and what like really if you have to point it down what what problem in terms of like i don't know scalability maybe or uh getting ready to production what what really the problem that we have right now that you see in the with the current approach that we're used to okay so one of the main problem right now <clears throat> is the coupling because we build application so okay let's go step backward so everyone today uh, especially on the front-end world, building components. doesn't matter if you use Angular, React, Vue, or any other new framework, you build components. So you can think about it, so maybe I don't have a problem. I already build individual components. But your team mission and, and the entire approach is around the application. So you build components inside your application, which means when you think about your components, you think about them in the context of the application, which leads later on to uh, more coupling between the components and the application, which then go back to, if you want to share and reuse these components in different application of your organization, um, then in many times you need to do a lot of refactoring to make this component work in a different context. So one of the things that we want to change is how you think about it, what is the first? The first is the components and not the application. The applications come after the components. And so, so BIT is, uh, I, I like to, to think about BIT as not a, a tech tool, but more like a paradigm, like a method, methodological uh, switch. When, uh, and the main value, I think, is come from this uh, uh, change in the way you think about it. And then we build the tools to make this approach really works on the real life. Because once you try to make it, you get many, many challenges that you need to face. So the main shift is I'm building a component and then I'm using it inside my application and not the opposite way. This leads to, yes, this leads to um, more reuse of your code, which is like duplicate code is is waste of a lot of time and it harms like uh, productivity and it harms like consistency and it harms the uh, it it costs a lot of time. So these are what we are trying to improve. So I, I'm going to take a step back and to the point where you said about the components because, uh, for example, uh, in company that I where I'm working right now. Uh, we are building components um, in a generic way that they will be able to be used uh, in different places. And when you build them, for example, if you're using a dropdown, you have like a, some hook that you can share between all the other components, right? So if you're you're building a, a different kind of dropdown, you can basically compose it to to a different component that you want. So um where, where do you see uh the issue here uh, in this scenario like you still because we have like a design system right that is uh you know in terms of how the the colors and everything is is strictly defined 
um, and then you, we are sharing it between all the other apps. Okay, so uh, first it's it's great to hear that you build like generic components and you can uh, share and reuse them, which is a great start. Um, and I really hope many organizations doing this, regardless of bit or other tools, uh, it's great. But two uh, two areas where this becomes a problem. One, in, in many organizations, they try to build generic components, but this is mostly for components that you think you are going to share. For example, design systems are meant from the beginning to be shared. So people who build design system tried from uh, the beginning to make it generic so it can be reused. But the application team, which build many, many other components, usually don't think about uh, uh, that they will want to share them with other teams. So you only take part of the, in many organizations, only part of the developers or only part of the components are built in a generic way to be shared and the others not, and in many times, you want to share them eventually. So this is one uh, one big issue. Uh, Do you have an the, example the, of like such a big component that you can be able to share in an organization that is not a button or a form or... Yeah, so let's take even like a simple, I don't know, list of, uh, list of products that you're building in an e-commerce uh, website. So you build the list, uh, the list view or the grid view of, uh, of products. And this is using, of course, some list and or grid from, from the design system. But the list product component is not generic, which means when you now build a mobile application and you need a list of products, you're going to build a new list product based on the same design system components maybe, but you're still missing a lot of implementation that you need to re-implement again on your mobile application. Um, and if you try to see and check in, in a large organization when you have like more than one app and try to think what I could theoretically share and what is not shared, uh, even in your organization, I'm sure you can find a lot of real example. Um, and this is the first problem. So only part, some of the components in most organizations are built in a way to be shared because you don't think about you're going to share the like more concrete uh, application components. The other problem is about how you share it effectively and how like the the tools that you need to do in order to share them. So. Let's take, and this is uh, and this is like a set of many, many uh, different problems. So the first problem is how many components you are packing together in order to be able to share them. So if you have a design system, um, in most organizations, the design system is like, let's say, like has between, I don't know, 50 and 100 components in the same design system. And this all are grouped in one package. Grouping them all in one package harm the way, the ability to, to, to use this uh, in many ways. First is you have only one version for all of them, which means if now I, I want to get a new version of the button, I need to get new versions of everything, the combo box, the radio button, the checkbox, I don't know, which means I'm afraid because I don't have a way to only upgrade the button right now. And I don't know which one of the 100 components you have in the design system will break my application. So now it's become a project. I'm upgrading the design system version. So now I have less incentive to upgrade it because it's dangerous. And if my application will break, I'm the one that get, that get blamed because my application is not working, not you as a design system builder. So this is the first problem. The second problem is about discoverability and about, uh, so how can I find this component? So design system are many times uh, build with like a discovery experience, let's say something like Storybook, for example, uh, which you have like real example, like rendered example, documentation, props, uh, whatever. But what about other components? Do you build this? Uh, do you even have the tools to build this similar experience for other components which are not the design system, which build in this uh, thinking in the back of, of your mind? Many times it's the answer is no. Then you get to the searching problem. How you search, how you know if this component that you need exists today. Okay, so you need something. You need a list of products. Does your organization already have it? Does Is there any team in your organization, maybe in a different country, in a different time zone, maybe you don't even know them, that build similar components they can use? 
where can I find these components that might be available for me? So searching is a big problem. Then after searching, you get the, uh, let's say, the experience problem, like how do I see it rendered? How do I see it behave on different states? How do I see examples? How do I see docs for these components? And then, uh, and then the next problem is how can I contribute back? So let's say you have a component and you find it, and there is a bug in this component. How can you fix this bug? Okay, and this is like um, um, like a later part of of the um, sharing and reusing experience. So you take a component, maybe the design system component. You need a new feature. There is a bug. How do you fix it? Um, and today world, this is a big challenge because if you want to change this component, you need first to fork this to find the repo of this component or to find the source code of this component, which many times are not in the same place where the artifact is, like the packages. Maybe you have a storybook, but what about the repository? Where is it? Then if you find the repository, how do I change the code? So now you need to fork the repository, clone, and you start reading along documentation about how you can change something in this repository. This is not easy task. You need to set up compiler. You need to set up to set up linter. You need to set up testing. You need to set up um, many, many stuff, uh, maybe tools that you don't know. This is a um, hard problem. Then after you finish setup, the next step is how can you fix the bug? So how do you reproduce the bug? Because you do have the bug in the original project, but now that you clone the design system project or the other project, you don't have reproduce a reproducible environment. You need somehow to connect between the environments to be able to see the bug and fix it. This is not an easy task many times. Ideally, you want to change the component on the same place where your bug uh, happened, which is your project, not the other project. Then after you fix the bug, how do you contribute back? So you don't have permissions to publish this package but you need to, to use it now. You have a major bug. But the other maintainer don't want to merge your pull request because it doesn't meet his standard, because he's busy with other tasks. Maybe he did merge it, but he will publish it in two months because he's on the two months publishing cycle. This is a long time. What are you doing until this bug get merged, approved, published, and you can consume it? What are you doing? Are you doing, you are forking this component? You get a new name, you publish it under a different name, and then you need to change your entire code base. Uh, and when you don't have this structure, this becomes hard to share. And this goes back to the beginning of the process. This, this means that there is um, misalignment in the interest of between the developer and the organization. Okay, and this is very important. And this, all this happens very quickly for every developer mind behind the scene without even thinking. Because I know that if I'm using your code, when I have a bug, I will be stuck and I will be depend on you, which means I don't want to use your code because it will block me tomorrow. I prefer to copy your code and change it according to my needs and create from the beginning a different version of this code and not be depending on you because now my interest is to not be dependent on you. And even your interest is to not, is I, I will not be dependent on you because when I will have a bug, I will go to you to help me with this and I will put pressure on you, me or my manager or whatever, to fix my bug today or to push it to production when you have other priorities. So you don't have any, a good interest for me to use your code. I think it's uh, like all those examples uh, are really depending on each organization, right? Structure, because like if, if your approach in the organization um, is to say, okay, uh, we have a monorepo for all the li libraries for the design system uh, that, is sh that is shared and, uh, you know, all the utilities and everything, there's like clear responsibility uh, of each, uh, like each lib, what it does. Uh, and everybody's responsible for it, right? There is not like a specific, like at least in my organization currently, there is not a single person that is responsible for this. 
everybody is a code owner of this uh, of this library uh, and of course whenever you uh, you know put a review it's gonna be reviewed by everybody on the community and of course we have the tech leads and the people that like founded this thing that are sometimes gonna come in and gonna say okay now this is not what this library is meant for it's meant for another thing and they're like the gatekeepers at some point um, and you always need kind of those people uh, to, to mitigate those things. So in terms of the responsibility um, and the approach, I mean, I, of course, I've, I've worked in an organization before where we did have this approach, right? There was a, a team that was uh, responsible for the design system. And if there was any bugs in it, you could contribute, but then that would, ge- uh, that would have to go through their team anyway, and it would take a long time. Um, and for those organizations, indeed, that, that that example makes sense. I just wanted to represent, of course, the other part inside because I do know that there is companies that do it differently uh, and it works uh, in a way better. Um, but, you know, if we're thinking about BIT in this in this example, right, you mentioned the, the different versioning um, of, of basically each component in your project can get its own versioning. And then whenever you upgrade, um, you know, and the button, you can get just the button's version rather than getting the whole uh, big project uh, version, which that was quite interesting uh, for me to hear about. Because even today, um, when, when we have this kind of design system that is distributed between all the teams and, and, and it works, uh, sometimes you could, you know, you merge your fix, um, but then you, you want to upgrade it on your project. And once I upgraded it with uh, with a specific version, um, I, I accidentally also have the change from a different person, um, and then that in a different place broke my application without me knowing because I just wanted to upgrade the button, but then somebody else up with updated the header and then they broke it, but I didn't know that because that was in a different place, and uh, of course it's also depending on. Your project setup, where you upgrade the package, if you still have a big monolith, uh, which in our case uh, we do have, although we're splitting it to microservices and so on and so forth. But if you're upgrading the monolith, you're going to break something somewhere that you didn't know when you upgraded this package. So um, I want to like a little bit talk about this approach. Um, first of all, I do see a few problems with it, right? You, you, you're going to have a big, huge chunk of uh, like package dependencies um in your package json so how do you like you know maintain this thing that it's like it would still look a little bit nice or you know clear to the users yeah so first this is a really really great question because with with this approach of separating to more individual components this brings many challenges like i said and part of the mission of of bit the company is after we think about this methodological change or philosophical change about separating what about when it re- when it meet the real world and this be- bring many challenges and then we try to um, to solve these challenges one by one to um, to get an experience that bring these uh, advantages but help with the challenges that, uh, that it brings and one of the major one is indeed dependency management policies, updates, and stuff like this. Because if today you have like one design system package dependency, tomorrow you will have 100 packages dependencies, uh, individual, and you need somehow to control them. And in this uh, in this question, we bring uh, some tools and some, uh, not only tools, but also methodological uh, way of dealing with, uh, with changes. Because like you said, in today's world, when you update something, you don't have a good way to see what is going to happen once you change it. So you have like the E2E test maybe, but this is a lot of many, many tests. Sometimes stuff are not covered correctly, and it's hard to see what will happen when I will update a dependency. Um, and what we think is that we, we build a special uh, CI product for for uh, helping with this. And this is uh, a CI made for components, okay? It's different um, essentially for from any other CI tools like uh, Jenkins, GitHub Actions, or whatever, because all the traditional CI are built for applications, and we build CI for components. 
how it looks like. So you change a, compo- a button, okay? The, the original team that uh, the design system build a team changed the button. They finished the, the, uh, the development. They did the review process on this specific component. Now they want to merge it. And in this time, I want to already know how this button will break other application from other teams, right? In today's world, in mo- most cases, this happens much later. So I'm publishing the button or the design system, and I don't know what is going to happen to other team. I don't know when they will upgrade and what will happen when they will. In our CI, we have um, we have what our CI called Ripple, and this is like a Ripple in the in the sea. Okay, so. We change the button. Now let's see first how this um, this effect changes in my team, okay? Because I don't know, the card component, which is also part of the design system, is using a button, right, many times. Maybe an, another, maybe a combo box is using a button or something else, how this will affect. So when I propose the change, when I do like, let's say a change request, uh, we call it, I want to see Ripple will take this new uh, theoretical version, which is not published yet, and will install it for the other components, other dependent on my team and run their tests with the new version of button, okay? And then you will see first what will happen. This is the first step is like to make sure that your team can upgrade to the new version of button. Once this is ready, yeah. I have a question about this. Sorry, I have to cut you. So we have a button uh, component and then we have a card component. The card component is using the button component um and 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 mainly maybe also many other places right because the button is very like reusable in different places so you're saying that first of all because we're building everything like components and each component is its own package you're gonna like in the ci uh, process you're gonna check that the button that you just the version that you are proposing to upgrade to is gonna like create a kind of uh, artifact like a you know a future release thingy that is going to mm-hmm. be tested in all those other components subcomponents or whatever that use this button to just see if the if that pipeline is passing and everything is fine there it's going to just like do a fake up a version upgrade on them exactly and this happens recursively because the card is using button but what about like let's say a gallery of cards that's using card Okay, you also need this because maybe the card is working fine, but maybe the gallery, now that you have many cards, is broken because of the button. So we do this process recursively. So we check, we create a future uh, version of the card, of the button, then we create a future version of the card running the test with the future version of card, of button, and then a future version of gallery using the future version of card. Uh, and that's on, and the entire tree. And this brings many, many important stuff. First, this improves the uh, the visibility of your change, okay? Because when you propose a change in the button, you see what will happen to others, okay? And this, after you finish inside the team, we are doing the same process outside of your team, okay? So we can take this new button and new card and new uh, whatever gallery into other teams and also show you. And we show you this visual uh, in a visual way so you can really see the graph. And you can see that the, I don't know, the checkout button in the e-commerce application is now broken because, I don't know, because the text is too long and the new button is, does not support the this uh, longer text inside of it because the ellipsis is broken. I don't know. Wait, and, so like, again, uh, pausing you there uh, just to see if I understand. So we have the, we have the checks on the other components, right? That's, that's reversibly recursively done on all the mm-hmm. dependencies. And then... Dependence. Dependencies, dependence, uh, and then we have the apps themselves that are consuming those components. Yes. Are you saying that you're also running the test uh, or that kind of fake version upgrade there on the apps mm-hmm. themselves? Yes, yes. So by default, we are first change checking all the components in your uh, change request because when you build a feature, usually you don't change one component. You usually change few components. So first we check all these components together and make sure all of them, their own tests are working. Okay, it might be like, let's say five components. Then we check it inside your team, uh, like other components, other dependents from your team that depends on these five components. And then we give you the ability to check 
this outside of your team. And outside of your team is both components outside of your team and applications outside of your team because applications are also components. Okay, what is an application? It's just like, you know, what is a React application? It's just a component start with in the root. Okay, it's just the root of the tree. It's also a component. And this is a component for everything. Of course, there are some spatial uh, metadata for application, but we can test application like we test other components. So we give you the way to simulate how your change will affect other teams. And then on the, on before even you merge your change, you now have the visibility on what will happen and you can talk about it and you can both see it because the other member of the e-commerce app will see that a new version of button is coming out and this will break his application. Now you start to communicate on a shared place. And then, the, you know, there is might be different uh, reason for this uh, breaking the application. Maybe you change the API of the button and he needs to update his API. This is one case. Maybe you didn't change the API, but he but there is a bug in your case and you need to fix it. And maybe the other one used like, I don't know, an internal API, which is not documented and should it be public. And you break this one thinking you are not changing the API, but he's using it and maybe you need to change to something else. But at least you have visibility and you have a place to talk about it and to communicate about this change and what is coming on. Um, this is the first very important part of it. The other very important part of it is also about the performance of the of this process. Because when you build each component separately, then you get two major performance improvements on the on this process. One is that you can parallel to the maximize, okay? Because when you build with, uh, I don't know, with GitHub Actions, you build your application in one giant part. But when you build each component individually, then it's much faster because, you know, there might be between button and the application, there might be like a few thousands components, right, in your organization because you maybe have five apps and each five is using hundreds of components, which use other components, which use the button. And we can parallelize each component on its own container. So we can finish the entire process from button to all application in, I don't know, two minutes. And then, so this is one part of the performance improvement. The second part is about we only build and we only test what is affected because we are aware as bit to all your dependency graph and we uh, track it and we calculate it all the time. We know to only check what needs to be checked. So if there are other components which don't have a button inside the dependency graph, not anywhere, uh, then we don't need to test them. So we we kind of like cut the tree uh, of, of or cut the graph to only test what's needed. So this bring much, much faster uh, cycle from development to production. Right, got it. So basically, um, what I'm trying to understand as well, like as a big organization that, you know, wants to gain those, let's say, performance uh, gains and, and this whole, let's say, um, dependency management, right? Um, what will be the effort, right? Because as a, you know, as a business, you're, you're always thinking about how long this will take uh, and can you use it already on something that is existing? Let's say you have a project that is already on GitHub. Uh, private repository, it's working. Um, you have your design system. Uh, of course, you can, you know, start migrating small components bit by bit to bit. <laughs> um, and then uh, you still have your your big monorepo, right? Do I need to now migrate that big monorepo from GitHub to, to the bit ecosystem in order for it to hold like this whole functionality to work or? Okay. Great question. So um, first, um, like you said, there, there is some effort to for this process. But and and by the way, the, the starting of this process, like the starting point, is like the creation over it. How can I create many many components in today's world? This is very hard to do because you know if you are starting to if you take your design system and split it to one hundred repositories and configure each one of them with TypeScript, Jest, I don't know, ESLint, Prettier, whatever, Webpack. This is a very, very long process. Package JSON for each one of them. And this is the first part. So we make it very, very easy to create many components fast. Okay? Because without it, this entire approach is just not working on the real world. 
still on an organization that start working with to like bit this is a very gradual pros- process because you don't want uh like business wise you cannot come to an organization no organization in the world will freeze the development to do like i don't know half a year project to migrate everything to bit this is not working business wise so It's always a gradual process. You take this small components or like the um, not not maybe small is small is not the right term because when when we think about components, there is no small and big components. All components are equal. Uh, there are components with more code and less dependencies and components with more dependencies and less code like application. Uh, but all of them are about the same size. So you start with like the a more abstract component like button and you migrate it to bit and then you consume it like a regular package okay you finish you finish migrating you use it in your uh, project then you take another one and migrate it and use it as a package in your uh, product so over time you start building your building blocks uh, and this is sometimes can be a long process it can take a year sometimes um, and in these times you don't need in general also after you finish you don't have you to uh, abandon the git or your repository you can still use it uh, actually in some of our projects we still use git um, because of others other uh, reasons and you can still use it we do see that eventually at some point you might understand that git does not provide you any more value and it just uh, stand in your way for faster development um, And usually this happens uh, at, at the end of the process, but eventually you get to some point of kind of a conflict between what is the source of truth of your code, okay? Because with bit, you build a component, you push it, you push it into, the, into our cloud and you can install it and you can see the code there and you can import the code from there to any project. And then When you have the conflict you need to think between git and bit uh, and we do have many tools like automation CI automation that we provide an example how you can do this effectively uh, but eventually when you finish the process you see that git doesn't provide you any more value because if you think about a future or uh, like a futuristic development process, How it looks like let's say Daniela I give you a task you need to build um, like uh, let's say you are working for Spotify okay as an example and you get a task to build the player uh, the player button like you need a uh, play and pause and then next song previous song whatever in today's world you clone a huge project and you need to start looking for yourself where should I put my code you Where is the code I can use? Is there a similar, uh, similar player, the old player? Can I use it? I cannot use it. And you need to start, you're, you're losing on the forest, uh, starting finding the, the right place and the right way to do it. And you suffer from setting up a repo, like how do I set up the compilation, the testing, everything for my repo. In the future world, you need to build a player. You don't need... 98% of the code in this repository. You're not going to use it. You don't care about it. Why do I need to see it in front of my eyes and to, to do the mess? I want to create a new folder, okay, called Player Workspace, I don't know. And then I want to start working on my task. What is working on my task? I'm creating a player component. I'm going and importing or installing uh, the button component. I'm installing I don't know a progress bar component to show like the the song going on like how many time you are inside the the song and I'm starting developing and once I finish the player I'm pushing this to the remote I'm deploying this player alone for someone else to use and I'm moving to the next next task the next task is a new folder because today tomorrow you're working on the header I don't know to the login page. You don't need the player code right now when you're working on the login page and this creates a much easier and much better development experience eventually um, and 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 in once you move to this shifting you don't really want git because git is not working with such a development process right you won't create a repo each for each task every time right 
But if creating a workspace is something cheap and you can import, even import the code of the components, okay? And this is a crucial part about how you can change others' component in your workspace, okay? Because Bit eventually is managing the source code today and you have something that's managed the artifacts, let's say the NPM registry or a CDN that only manage the artifacts, and we try to bring them together. So in your workspace, you start building the player, and then you install the button, like NPM install, okay, regular install. But now you need to add a feature to the button because the, the button don't know to be, a, let's say, a, a circle, okay? It only gets like a, some kind of, let's say, uh, the um, border radius, okay? So you can make it a bit rounder, but not a complete circle, and you want the play button to be circle, but there is no such feature. So we want to change the button. How you do it? So in this new futuristic approach, you now import the button, and import is a, it's a different operation than installing the button. Because installing is, I only want to use it. Now we want to change it. So import will bring the button code. So you can change it inside this project, and then you can push it back to the cloud from this project. Okay, or you can fork it to a new version if there is like, you know, there is a review process, you want someone from the design system to review it, but you can still fork it and use this new version until they will merge and approve your change. And this process of changing any component from any project is a very complicated task because you need to do... um, few different, uh, you need to overcome a few different challenges in order to do this. The first challenge is how can I bring the code, change the code of the button without me needing to change the player code. So I want to do import button from uh, design system button, but now I need this to be wired to the source code and not to the NPM install. So this is first um, challenge. The next challenge is how can I change easily the button code when maybe the button is using completely different uh, tools than your player code? So, okay, maybe the player is using, I don't know, Bubble for compilation, but the button, since it's a, you know, it's a design system, it's widely used, it's used TypeScript. Okay, this might happen. Um, maybe your component, the player component is using um, just for testing and the button is using, I don't know, other tool, like, I don't know, Vtest or Mock or whatever. How can I easily um, abstract away all these tools and configuration? Because eventually, even if the code is in TypeScript, you can change the TypeScript code, but I don't want to mess with TypeScript. I don't want to write like TS config. I don't know how to write just config. I don't want to write web config for this button to work. I just want to change the code and see it works. So you need to somehow unify and abstract the entire implementation details of all the tools. Um, so this is, for example, one of a, one of the challenges that Pete has tool chain as a techno- technological tool chain is uh, helping to solve, to make this futuristic uh, process working in real life. Got it. Um, you know, all of this sounds like honestly really uh, interesting and, uh, you know, changing actually the way you think. Uh, before I did a lecture about micro front ends and that uh, basically using module federation, uh, and and one of the things that the creator of that um, was saying that you can basically federate everything. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, just a, a component or something in UI. It can also be an image. It can also be a config file. It can be just about anything uh, in its own. And that's kind of connected to the whole uh, thinking like bit, I guess. Uh, right now, when, when I'm thinking about it, it's just thinking in components that basically every single thing can be let's say outsourced and 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 can be used uh in that unidirection way um and i i do i do think like um you know if i'm thinking out loud uh, seeing the whole process um into migrating into bit uh and you mentioned like you, you're making it easier you know because manually creating hundred re- of repos manually it's not, it's not feasible right but is there a way in which Bit is making it easier for existing projects already right now. Um, you know, we have this, for example, uh, Webpack, uh, and uh, that is connected together with Storybook. Um, 
Is there a way in which Bit can go to like your storybook, uh, like the, the, the big page that exists uh, and kind of take all of the components and lists and just create like for them repos or something uh, along those lines and, and take your code from your design system and put it already there? Is there something like that or is that too futuristic? So we have something like this, but it's not a complete solution, like complete automated solution. So for example, we know as bit, we have like a command that's called bit add that knows to get like a list of directories and take each one of them and make it a component just like this. Um, and this can create, and this can like um, eliminate many of the um, manual process of migrating, but it's not a complete solution because once you do this, you will need to work a little bit harder because sometimes your components are not organized correctly. Sometimes you have folder with component inside components. So sometimes you need to do some manual changes for this. Um, we do plan on working on some like more, let's say AI, uh, LLM stuff that will know to generate or to do this other parts, which now is not automated. It's not available yet, but we are working on some stuff like this to make, to help you like take an existing project and divide it to components. But I think that in many cases, this initial process is not the hard part because even today, like I said, everyone builds components. So the components are already kind of separated kind of correctly in many organizations. The hardest part is like changing the mindset of how you think about the component first and how you don't do uh, unnecessary coupling to the um, to the project. And this is more than a technical. It's more like a um, methodological and, and uh, state of mind change that it's a bit... This is usually the, the harder part. And it's also a process. You know, you start building with Bit, your first component are still used in the old way. But we provide tools to show you and to help you understand how your components are, like, you know, coupled to the context, okay? Because um, the, the, the technological tools helping you, for example, with Bit, it's easy to see your dependency, on the, on the visual, like the entire dependency, okay, not only the first level, but also the other level. So the entire graph visually. So when you see the graph, it helps you to understand what is wrong with your components, for example. Uh, so this is one. Or if you have duplicate dependencies along the graph, we can show you this and give you like insight of this. And we also do a lot of, uh, a lot of the processes in isolation. So for example, if you're using something like, uh, let's say Redux, okay? Um, one of the main problems with Redux is, uh, or other state management like Redux, okay? And they are solving real problems, but they do in some way hard reusability. Because if your components depend on the Redux state, it depends on having a Redux outside the component in a specific format. So once you take this component into another project, you will hit, you will hit issues. And when you start working with Bit and we build your components in isolation, okay, so we take, take each component and run its test and, run in, uh, and render it on an isolation, then if you have stuff like this, which depend on the context, your build will probably fail and you will see it immediately that you have a coupling to the context. So there is still cases where it's valid and you want to do this, but there are some cases when this is just the wrong design, uh, but you don't notice it today. And, and using isolation, you can see it more easily and, and fix it if, if it's really uh, like a design flow and not a, in something in purpose. Well, um, I think, uh, you know, we're reaching to the point where I would like to summarize everything. Um, so first of all, you know, we started with uh, what is BIT, uh, talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the whole principle of uh, splitting everything to components that, and, and what is the issues that we have today in these days. Um, and one in particular that I was really curious about is, is, is the point where you have a specific change that you want to push and then you're pulling uh, the whole library to your project. Project and then, uh, if you have a, a you know a different place which you didn't mean to update, uh, like uh, I don't know some kind of uh, button, 
and you just updated the accordion and then you get that change and, and everything went wrong because you just wanted to fix something else. Uh, and then <clears throat> the solution that bit uh, proposes with with the with the everything comp- is components and, and and each component gets its own uh, kind of uh, repository uh, and bit helps you set that up uh, for you and also talking about searching and how you can find uh, all your components in one place uh, it, it is a indeed an interesting technology um, and I do recommend going to bit.dev to check it out uh, there will be a lot of links uh, and examples in the description of this episode um, and yeah it's it does truly sound amazing Gilad Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so, like I said, it was really great uh, being here. There are, of course, much, much more that we didn't cover in this uh, in this ep- short episode. Uh, I'm inviting the, the people who hear this episode also to join our community Slack. So if you have uh, more questions, I'm also available there all the time, almost all the time. Um, so feel free to, to reach out, uh, try it. If you have any uh, thought about it, uh, if you have any issues, let us know. Uh, we work fast. We work in components, so we fixed uh, we fixed uh, bugs really fast. So uh, do everything to help you uh, doing this uh, shifting. And I do believe that uh, we will see uh, in the near future a new way of developing products, uh, which will be much, much more efficient and fast and consistent. Uh, and we try to, to bring this uh, new, new future. Yeah, thank you. Um, and if everybody, anybody who listens to this uh, has some kind of, uh, you know, topic uh, which we didn't cover and you're curious about bit, let me know. Uh, we can, of course, uh, you know, record another session or just talk about it in the community. Uh, we'll be more than happy to do so. Thank you for listening to the Daniel Frey.me Talks. Get access to previous episodes, the transcript for today's show, as well as other exclusive content at DanielFrey.me.